Welcome to the Hoops in the Heartland podcast, bringing you basketball headlines from the nation's breadbasket. All right, so welcome back in. We are back with you here after another week off. We've been taking a lot of time off this weekend, Jacob. Yeah, I don't know what our deal has been. We're just lazy or I don't. I don't know, just school gets in the way and just stuff happened in the second semester. But we're going to try to get back on a regular schedule for all our loyal listeners out there. And we know there are a lot of them. Oh, yes. Double digits. Oh, uh, uh, hey, we have hit the double digits mark. Um, So we we really want to send out a huge thank you. I mean, this is a giant milestone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, don't you think? I mean, look, look how far we've come, you know, from humble beginnings, starting with you know, two or three listeners a right. week, and now we're all the way into, like, 10 and 11. Right. That's, that's a massive When I look back in 10 years, that yeah. will be one of my proudest accomplishments This is, of this is a milestone. Yeah. All right, so let's get serious for a minute, and let's talk about Indiana and Purdue, one of the fiercest rivalries in college basketball. Yep. Although it certainly hasn't seemed like much of a rivalry in the last 10 years, Indiana has only beaten Purdue one time in the last seven years, and Archie Miller has never beaten Purdue. Uh, the Boilers waltz into Assembly Hall on a jacked-up day. It was uh, an atmosphere that had the potential to get very, very loud, Absolute very packed. energetic. Yeah, one of the – you know, there really weren't very many empties at all, a couple in the in the student balcony as always. But other than that, everything was pretty much full uh, for a 2 o'clock Saturday ESPN start with Bob Wachusen and Dickie B in the building and uh, Purdue dominated this game. They really Absolute, were in control from the beginning. Indiana – uh, was never in the game in the second half for a brief moment, perhaps, uh, but gets beat 74 to yep. 62. TJD leading Indiana scores with 16. TJD played well. He was the only I agree one. With you. I mean, but he's, and there's he's been the guy. moments. He's there's the been guy. moments like that this year, right? There's been exactly. some games where it's been he's the, you know, he's the guy that Indiana can go to when they need a basket. So he's the only consistency that that team has as far right. as numbers go. I, I agree think with he that. had eight rebounds to this game, so almost a double double. Um, you can verify that real quick. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I mean, he's just solidified himself as just about a double double monster. He's gonna, you know, what you're gonna get out of him. You're gonna get about 15 points every single game. You're gonna yeah. get about six to ten rebounds, and you're just gonna be happy about Half it. Half of those points came from the line for TJD. Justin Smith had a quiet 11, and Jerome Hunter had a very quiet 10. Very very quiet. So, Indiana again just struggled to find points at times in the second half. But I think even more concerning in this game was the fact that they did not get enough stops. Purdue did whatever they wanted offensively. Now, they supplemented that by making eight threes, which is a really good percentage. Eight for 16 is, you know, that's tough to beat. Especially on the road. Right, exactly, and it's the first time they've done that all year where they've been good on the road from the three-point line. But they also had a lot of open looks. But they had a ton of open looks, and everything was clicking offensively. Purdue. Yeah. I mean, really, all day they did whatever they wanted. I know the 74, if you sit and look at a bunch of different conferences in college basketball, 74 is really not that impressive. No. But in the Big Ten, when you're With playing— With this rivalry to boot. Right. And when you're playing a team like Indiana, who has been consistently slightly better than average defensively. This is not yes. a, a terrific defensive team by any stretch, but, you know— they're better uh, ahead than of average. the curve, exactly. They're better than the average, and even in the Big Ten, I'd say they're probably better than average. Yeah, um, at least from a schematic standpoint. And they struggled in this game mightily. Purdue, you know, just got all the looks that they wanted and converted on most of them. They shot it almost fifty percent from the field. They did shoot it fifty percent from the three point line and got to the line ten more times than Indiana. Now that is weighed by the fact that Indiana fouled a bunch of times at the end. Free throws were pretty even in this game. Yeah. Not a lot of them. I liked the way this game was officiated. I thought me too. Um, the the bigs were able to go at it all day long, and uh, I think everything was fine from that standpoint. But Purdue was very balanced on the afternoon. The weapons were everywhere. Nobody had a great day. I mean, twelve points was the leading score for Purdue, and that was yeah. Hunter. Uh, but Stefanovic threw in 10. You had Wheeler coming off the bench to throw in 11. Yep. Harms and Thompson both had eight off the bench, along with Eastern, a starter, had eight. And then Proctor and Williams had six, and Boudreaux had five. So everybody, there was nine guys, all of them scored at least five points in this game that played for Purdue. So very well-balanced effort for Matt Painter's squad. Yeah, absolutely. You saw him get it done by committee here, and there were a lot of hot hands throughout this game, especially from three. I mean, Hunter dumped two for four. Uh-huh. Um Wheeler you know, off the bench was the key. Wheeler off the bench was huge. He was three for three. For so the was Thompson, point. though. Yeah. Purdue, so, that, I think that's probably the biggest difference. Was the is, bench. Right. I mean, yeah. you look at Purdue's bench, I thought that 33 Indiana, points yeah. off the bench. I thought that Indiana did a pretty good job shutting down Williams and Harms. 
Yeah, uh, I think Williams so only think had like six points point. and Harms had eight. So I, I wasn't Harms concerned. only played 16 minutes in this game. He was not really a factor in this no. game at all. No. It was the guard play that was really the difference. Yeah. And we've been talking oh, yeah. about Indiana's <laughs> guards for a long time. Yes, we have. And they just lack the maturity. They lack the yeah. discipline. And it just showed all game long because Purdue's guards, I don't think they get – Purdue's a great defensive team, and they get praised for that. But those guards are so unbelievably sticky – Oh, and tough. you don't even notice it until you're out there watching it live. But man, exactly, they, right. It, off the ball, on the ball, they are just sticky there on you all the time. And that was the difference because our guards can never get into a rhythm, which has happened all year. Mm-hmm. And theirs could because we broke down defensively. Rob got caught behind a screen twice in the first half. I Back-to-back plays. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, That's right. That's right. And they hit threes on both of yes, them. Yes, correct. And it, it was just breakdown after breakdown defensively. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. Purdue just was able to find weapons everywhere, and Indiana just had no answer for anything outside. Yeah, and this really is a big blow, and we're, we're going to talk about it a little later on the show when we discuss everybody's tournament chances and where they stand right now. Yeah. This is a huge blow for Indiana in its tournament hopes. Huge boost to Purdue, though. It is a big boost to Purdue, and I think they're continuing to bolster their resume. I mean, this is gonna they're going to look back at this and getting a double-digit win on the road at a very difficult place to yeah. win, is going to look very good to the tournament committee despite having 10 losses already. So Purdue doesn't have a ton of room for error down the stretch, but they've definitely got the – I mean, they're, they're yeah. going to have – again, we talk about this all the time. The reality is every team has the chances in the Big Ten right. you know, to you know, take the next step and, and get quality wins every single night because you're just yeah. not playing any bad teams. Unless you've got Northwestern or Nebraska left on your schedule, and but even most if teams you're going do, there. Exactly. It's still I mean, not a gimme. Right. So you're talking about getting a chance for a quality win every single day. So they got to take care of business and continue to win. And, and the same goes for Indiana right now. Yeah. Um, you know, four losses in a row and things are Two starting to snowball again. This is a little – This is bit, uh, well, frankly, a very similar time frame to what we saw with the meltdown last year. Exactly. Don't think it's the same at all. Indiana's uh, – it, it has not been the same. I mean, last year – of course, we can talk about the rumors, but we'll we'll stay away from that. Yeah. I, I mean, just from that standpoint, that team last year did not gel well, and I'm not saying this one does, but that team played great in December and the beginning part of January and most of November. I mean, this is a team that we saw that looked pretty good. They were ranked for most of that stretch. They were looking That's right. pretty That's good. Right. They were, and they won all kinds of close games. Yeah. I mean, they had a great win over Louisville in December at home. You know, they had a couple really nice wins. Uh, the good win over Butler as well. Marquette. Marquette was in there. Blowout went over Marquette. I think that got everybody's attention. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, a couple of decent wins in the Big Ten to start things off before things fell apart. But this team has, you know, in November didn't play anybody. In December had a couple of decent games. Didn't look great, though, and looked really bad at Wisconsin, which I think was the first telling sign that the only time might not be a good team. early in the season was against Florida State. That's about Again, that's, that's about very it. similar to the Marquette thing yeah, exactly. from last year. So. You know, Indiana looks good against a non-conference team at home in the you know early on in the season, and then things kind of fade away. But yeah. it's just so easy to beat this team. I mean, it is defensively. Indiana can do a better job than they did on on Saturday. I, I think this is a better defensive team than it showed on Saturday. It Absolutely. really is. It is. But offensively, I mean, it again. Inept. Unless Indiana. And that's how you have to approach this thing, right? You have to come in even when you're playing at Assembly Hall. You come in with the mindset that you're going to force them to beat you from outside, and they almost right. never will. If they do, then they do. I, yeah. I mean, really, I just you, you take your chances because your chances are great. If you pack it in like Purdue did and so many other not great defensive teams have done that can shut yep. down Indiana because they just don't have the shooters to deal with it consistently. And Indiana made seven threes in this game. And the 7-for-21 mark, again, is a little misleading as well because they missed like six or seven down the stretch in this game yeah. when, when it was garbage time. So that's not really indicative. Real Indiana would be probably around 40%, right. I would say. Indiana shot at uh, an acceptable margin from outside. For them. Yes, exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. From in- For Indiana, they shot at an acceptable margin. Um but again, you saw that it's just not enough to beat any team. So no. that's that's got to be the mindset for any team coming to Indiana. Let's shift gears here a little bit, and I want to talk about the significance of Saturday and, and what it meant to to Indiana basketball. Obviously, Bob Knight returning, that's yep. the headline of the week in the Big Ten. 
Uh, a lot of people were unhappy with the way it was covered by ESPN. Uh, saw an article on that today by Awful Announcing, which is a great website, by the way. You should check it out. Um, the the way ESPN presented it, and I think it was probably an acceptable way. It was a very favorable view of what was going on, or at least a low-key, not really bringing up all the terrible, terrible things that went on yeah. uh, with Bob Knight, allegedly. Um, so I, I think it was probably acceptable, given that the situation is everybody knows what what happened. I mean, everybody well, knows I the mean, facts. You don't you don't just look at it and be like, oh, we don't really know what happened. Like, not like everybody knows what happened. They did a thirty yeah, for thirty on exactly. It. The so thirty think, for thirty wasn't exactly favorable. So no, it wasn't. So I think the way they covered it was just fine. Yeah. Um. But again, and I expected. I gotta say, uh, we were of course we were both there. Uh, we were just a few rows away from the floor yeah. behind the basket, which I wish we had those seats for every single game because oh, those are just fabulous seats against the wall. Nobody bothers yeah. us. It's great. Uh, there were only a couple of boos, and they were drowned out by an overwhelmingly positive, absolutely, overwhelmingly positive response by the Indiana fans. Your yeah. take on that? Yeah, I mean, the whole crowd just erupted in cheers as he was went out there and greeted with his former teammates, and you could actually see Coach Knight getting a little emotional out there on he the did. court. He, he certainly He started did. to cry a little bit. Yep. You saw the tears starting to roll down his face a little bit as he was being embraced by his former former players mm-hmm. and Quinn Buckner and Scott May. Yeah, they those. walked him out and it was just a really special moment. It was, it was. great to have him back here. There was actually a sign that a student made that said, welcome home coach. Right. And that was just the sentiment of the entire day. I think everybody at this point is past any bad emotions that they have towards coach Knight. And you can have whatever opinion you want, you want to have about Bob Knight. But at the end of the day, you have to appreciate if you're an Indiana fan, what he has done for this program, because he, he is right. the only reason why yeah. this program is a blue blood like it is today. He's, wow. Well, he's the only reason why this program it has national recognition. There you go. Okay. I like that better because I was going to contend with the blue blood because you actually have to be consistently good to be a blue blood. You can you can debate that, but nationally recognizable name. Right. He brought them to that forefront, and they haven't gone away since, even though they haven't won. Yeah, no doubt about that. And and building off, if you want to go further back into the 50s and 60s, building off the success of Branch McCracken. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, this you know, there's no denying that this, this program has a long history. But let's kind of put that into perspective now. And, and the way things went on Saturday, I think, was just such a perfect embodiment of what Indiana basketball is like today. Yeah. You have um, a, a really astounding past that has uh, five championships and numerous other Big Ten titles, 22 uh, overall in the history of the program. But year One after of the year, more storied programs it in is. The country. Yes, it is. But you are so far removed from that at yeah. this point. You are now... 30-plus uh, years down the road from having any kind of sustained success, because even the last 15 years of Bob Knight's tenure were very up and down, and they had a couple yeah. of good years. They won the Big Ten once, I think, in 93. But ever since then, they had they had some very mediocre teams during that they time did. frame. Absolutely. And then Mike Davis came in. Indiana made the miracle run to the championship in 2002. And then Tom Crean, of course, had two good teams, two very good teams yeah. while he was in Bloomington, one that uh, was upset in the Sweet 16 by Syracuse. But other than that, and again, that programs can go through that. You can be exactly. a very, very average program and have two years that, you know, one in 2002 and the other in 2013, where you can sit there and be like, you know, we, we made a run. We had a good yeah. year. We had a good team. Um, but that's not a blue blood. And not at all. I think the second half just showed where Indiana's at. And I don't really want to – I'm not going to get into the whole – I'm going to compare Purdue and IU kind of thing where the programs are at. I'm not no. I'm not getting into that. I'm simply I'm not going to say, "Oh, well, you could just see where Purdue's at right now." That that's not the point of this. The point of this is to say, here's an Indiana team that is so far removed and it's not even being I I think we're past the stage now, at least from when I was growing up. We're now past the stage where Indiana basketball fans are highly irrational about what they expect this team's success to be. Yeah. Because this is not a this is not a fan base. Now granted, this is an unreasonable fan base to some extent in in you know and has been for the last 15, 20 years. Well, is it unreasonable though because you have so much resources dumped into this right. program. Yeah, you have an fair. unlimited budget. Oh it's a it's and it's a horribly mismanaged program. Exactly. But whatever. I mean again that's a story for a different day as well. But I think looking now it's like your expectations are, hey, let's get into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's so far further down than it was 15, 20 that's years ago. I think that, that should be an expectation for many college basketball programs around the country. Yeah. Whether you're storied or not. I mean, you know, the goal is to get in there and give yourself a shot. 
and Indiana still is in good position to do that. I mean, they have a they have chances, and they're in very good position resume wise to yeah. do that because they have zero bad losses, and they're not going to have any bad losses right. unless the only way they could potentially have a bad loss is if they lose to somebody bad in the Big Ten tournament. They yeah. could lose to Nebraska or Northwestern in the Big Ten tournament. And if the Big Ten tournament started today, Indiana would be an 11 seed and have to play on Wednesday. Yeah. So then you're talking about some things that could get that could happen. And historically, Indiana is horrible in those events. But, you know, I I think just looking at Indiana and having that energy in the building and this fan support behind you and not even fighting in the second half. And I don't want to also give off the impression that they weren't giving effort or whatever because I absolutely hate when people say that. And, and yes, sometimes it does look like that. I just think it's fake news that that they don't give effort. I, I mean, if you're an athlete and most of you listening to this podcast have been at one time or another. Yep. That just doesn't happen. You don't just walk on the floor and, and never care. So, and I I can, right. I can say that. And I was obviously never the best on the floor. I'm not, what yeah, did I, I played, yeah. exactly. I mean, we played basketball until middle school. So, yeah. but you never, or in, in, in the same thing for baseball, never took the field being like, I don't really care today. No. I mean, there's always something in you. I mean, certainly there are days when you're not 100% and there's something in you, but that's part of being an athlete is the drive to win, the drive to compete. So for them to be on the floor, just because they look bad and they're not a great team, doesn't mean they're not giving effort or buying into what Archie's saying. So well, I, I disagree with that. We, we can talk about the buy-in, though, and I'm not convinced. You can. I think that they're giving their effort on the court, but I don't think that they're having a full buy-in to what Archie is preaching. Would you buy into it? I would not. Absolutely Neither would not. I. I mean, how can you buy in? That said, the guys that are in there now, except for Devontae and Duran, who aren't even that much of factors anyway, no. should have known. They should have known. Yeah. So when they got recruited, they knew what he was going to do. So I just, at least to some extent, I mean, obviously you don't know exactly what he's going to do, but scheme-wise, you should know what you're getting yourself into. This yeah. is not a free-flowing offense that's... Meant to score a lot of points. It's just not. Well, you don't know also what was promised to them as he was trying to recruit them. That's true. You don't know what I don't. Was, I don't. He might have had a different scheme that he had drawn up that he might have wanted to try to run or well, something different from Dayton now that he had all the money, all the talent that he could want for in the state of Indiana. We don't know that aspect, but there's yeah. one thing that's definite, and that is that players that he recruited even are not buying in. Yeah. And that's an issue. Right. Um, let me ask this question, Jacob. Do you think after this season... If Indiana, well, actually, I'll even, first I'll leave this out of it. I'll leave the first stipulation out of it. Okay. Do you think R.C. Miller should be the coach at Indiana next year? No, I do not. Why? Well, do you want me to tell you why he's not going to be or why he shouldn't be? Uh, Start with the first one and then move on. Start why, why he shouldn't be. Okay. And then, yeah. Okay. He shouldn't be because this has been a program who had a little bit of success under Tom Crean. It's not like he came in and the program was under in shambles. And you know what, Jacob? I think I think well, looking back, of course hindsight's 2020, 20, but Tom Crean is looking was, okay right now. He's looking fine first of all, but he took a program that was obviously in in, sh- in complete yeah. disarray. Yeah. I mean, they had no they had nothing. They had nothing. They had absolutely nothing and suffered through three horrible years. But got better, and then turned the corner and Within got this. In six years, he was it was a national the, contender. Yes, and absolutely. they were they were a number one team for a very long time. Absolutely, in that 2012-13 season with yep. Cody Zeller, mm-hmm. very long time. So, you know, looking at that, and then of course he had a couple bad years, but then won a championship again in 2016. Yeah. Won the outright Big Ten championship right. with Yogi Ferrell in 2016. So, as as much as you want to rip Tom Green, that's fine. Um, but you know, I I thought it was too early then. To let him go, I know people were frustrated and upset with the way things went the last season, and they, the the way things went in that the end of that uh, twenty sixteen seventeen year was a just a freaking disaster. Yeah, it was. I mean, things fell apart. Indiana gave up an NIT game, so they wouldn't have to uh, they wouldn't have to have fans in here being clowns because yeah. that's what it would have been with Tom Crean, just brutal crowd. Instead, you go on the road and just get just dominated by Georgia yeah. Tech. So Well, I think it's okay moving on at that point because you've completely lost fan Fair support. enough. Fair the enough. The way that the last couple seasons were handled was not the best. No, no, it's and not. And at that point, I think it's okay. You're ready to move on. Yeah, and I get it. And the program is in a decent spot. It's it's not like... No, no not... Yeah, absolutely. And well, you, you know what? It's such an... Well, it's not the easiest sell, but it's a very easy sell. The only thing you have to deal with as a coach here 
is the very, very high demand. And uh, I don't really want to use the word expectations again, but you know, what is expected of this program yeah. by the fan base. This is right. a very, very involved fan base, maybe more than any other in the country yeah. that gets, you know, involved in this team and whether you're good or not, there's going to be criticism. Yeah. And so you have Absolutely. to deal with that because this is a very highly involved fan base that has a very high basketball IQ. So mm-hmm. they can see, for the most part, can see through, and it's playing irrational people. Yeah. But, you know, well, they can see through base. what's going on. I mean, we're talking, we're sitting here talking X's and O's rather than just do better. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we embody, I think, what the Indiana fan base for the most part is like. Right. In that you're looking deeper than the surface on where you want your basketball program to be because right. that's what this university cares about. Right. So, so he, he had decent talent here in Devontae, Duran. Yeah. You had guys like Justin Smith coming in who were unbelievably athletic. NBA talent. NBA talent caliber players on this team already. And you come in here and your recruits, not not that bad. First year of a coach, you always have expectations tempered a little bit where it's, okay, new system, new scheme. You never expect great things the first year. Second year, he comes in, he, he brings the best or one of the best recruits to come out of Indiana in our lifetime. Yeah, it's true. And he has absolutely zero success. Absolutely yeah, zero. That's true. And that is a team that, if coached by an average coach in the Big Ten, average coach, makes the tournament as a 9 or 10 seed easily, I think. Yeah. Easily. So, And this is not supposed to be an average program in the Big Ten. Right. And that's why I think he should be fired, because if you give... Almost every other coach in the Big Ten, that roster that he had in these last two years, that is a tournament team 100% yeah. of the time. So now we're going to get into kind of more speculative, and this is the harder question. Will he be the coach of Indiana right. next year? And I think there's some variables that would tell me no. And that's because you got a new AD coming in next year. Yeah, that I, I think and, that's the biggest thing. I biggest think that thing. he might look to clean house a little bit. I agree. And, you and look it at, needs to happen. You look at Fred Glass's tenure, and he was great across the board in lots of sports. Fred Glass, and, and, and as much as you want to rip, and I Rightfully would agree, so. and you could rip his management of the basketball program, which is how any AD's tenure is going to be defined here. But overall, as an athletic director, you got to be, I mean, you are outside your mind if you don't think he was good for Indiana because. Yeah. He made huge upgrades to Indiana's football football field, um, found potentially a long-term head coach, and he just gave, yeah. gave him a giant payday yeah. who deserved it and is potentially building this uh, football program to be Absolutely. you know, a, a contender in the Big yeah. Ten. I mean, they're still a ways away from that, but that's, again, that's something else for a different potentially football-related exactly. podcast. But baseball. Baseball and softball both got new facilities in 2013. Volleyball. Baseball has been – baseball's probably, except for Louisville, those two teams continue to battle for the best program in the Midwest yes. every single year. Yeah. I mean, Indiana and Louisville are those two teams that you look at every year. Um, baseball and then volleyball, Wilkinson Hall. Yep. So volleyball and wrestling now have a new facility as well. Volleyball is getting to the new coach, getting better slowly. It's slowly a slow getting process, better. I think it's the right guy. Better. I think Steve Harris is the right guy, and he's I know. A, he's a little bit of a clown. <laughs> we get it. We could talk about but that guy forever. I got some stories about that guy. But he's anyway. He's trying to build fan support, and he's he doing is, and things. And he's done that. Indiana's yes. attendance was through the roof this year for yeah. volleyball. Yep. Um, and, and wrestling's still pretty far behind that. I mean, we could just keep on going yeah. down the list of Soccer. stuff. Soccer just continued the success of yeah. that, and now they're making renovations at Bill Armstrong Stadium for right. that. So there are just so many things that you could look at. But to say he wasn't a good AD overall is just ridiculous. Right. From a basketball perspective. That's the stain on his record. That's the stain that's on his record, and that's why that he gets new defined AD, like that. This new AD coming in, he has really nothing to worry about other than basketball because everything was set up. Everything's set perfectly by Fred Glass for him. You have a so couple. He is think about to, this. And real quick, I'll just kind of run down a couple of the the things that you have probably long-term. Steve Aird's probably a long-term volleyball coach. I would say so. He might leave if he gets a better offer. He might. That's Shonda Stanton's probably a long-term option for softball. Yes. She might leave if she has a better option. Yeah. Jeff Mercer is a long-term option for baseball. He probably's not going to leave. I don't think he's going to. Tom His Allen's probably. Might. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, now, when you get into to baseball and football, those are two guys that are from Indiana that are probably not going to leave. Passionate about the program. Yes, and this is this is dream job for them. They love so being finding home those guys them. are, very, in, I mean, hugely important. Yeah. So, you know, in those two sports at least, maybe a couple others, 
you probably don't have to worry about much. You can just kind of let that be. Absolutely. So basketball is the the working point, which what you've got to improve on. Yeah, absolutely. So the new AD coming in, he's going to look at this basketball program, and I think he's just going to want to tear this thing to shreds. I, I, you know what? Because Archie, there are gonna Archie be some... right now is completely inept. Yeah. Well, for, here's, for here's what's going to happen. Here's what's probably going to happen at some point. It may not even be this guy. It could be the next guy. But at some point, the the tradition that surrounds Indiana basketball is going to get slowly chipped away by some AD that comes in here. Yeah. Like, they're going to come in and make some changes that are what some of the hardcore fans would call, you know, messing with tradition or whatever. So what would those changes look like? I though? don't know. I mean, it, it could be something as subtle as, like, not that they need it, but and I'm not necessarily talking about this, but I just can't find a good comparison off the top of my head. So, like adding advertising to the floor at Assembly Hall. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen because they don't need the ad money. Like that, just something not like that. Just something, something like that okay. that messes with the, the tradition or like a new floor. Like yeah. they come in and it's the, the big um, hardwood state outline of Indiana and it kind of messes mm-hmm. with that. You know, something like that, is that going to mess with the tradition, the program, whatever, but something deeper than that on a coaching level and, and a player's level, like adding names to the back of the jerseys or something like that. Yeah. So w- what does that look like, and how do people respond to that? Do you think that weighs into, you know, if this is better? Like, here's and here's the other thing. People whined about Tom Crean not recruiting the state of Indiana well. And he didn't. And he didn't. And there is a plethora of talent in the state. There Absolutely. Is. There, I mean, more well, than Well, Archie's other. shown that. I mean, he has plenty of yeah. talent on that roster. But... <sighs> Would you rather have guys that are not from Indiana and win championships like Tom Tom Crean did a couple times, or would you rather be Archie Miller, have guys from Indiana that don't always look that interested to play? And although I would I would argue it probably doesn't, it's probably not the Indiana guys mostly that because you look at Rob and you look at TJD and those guys look like they 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 do. You know what I'm saying? So would you rather have that? And not win ever, and be bad, and be consistently mediocre forever, because that's what's going to happen with Archie. It's you're going to be this. What happened with I, I said that. I said that two years ago when they had the team that they had, and then they had the year they had last year. You had plenty of talent, and they went, uh, you know, sixteen and fifteen yeah. in the regular. So this is what's going to happen every Archie, single year. This is going to be the same thing. We're going to do the yeah. same cycle. If you stay with Archie, you're going to see the same thing that you've seen the last three years. And if that's what you want, fine. You're going to see him being outcoached on a daily basis. But you're not, yeah, You're not exactly. going to see a buy-in. No. You're going to see great recruits out of Indiana, right. and you're going to be about 500 every single season. That's He's right. just not the guy. No. And Dayton has gotten better without him. That's the thing. Dayton that, has made an improvement. You, you mentioned that the other night. <laughs> At the Purdue game, I was standing there just watching this in disbelief of how horrid this this is and how we make absolutely zero game-time adjustments at all. Never have we ever made a game time adjustment. I don't think that's because Archie believes in his system and it doesn't work. Well, there, there he comes says a point. it all the time in press conferences. He always says, you know, Again, listen, we're, okay. we're going to make some shots yeah. or we're not a bad three point shooting team. Are you kidding me? Like, how can you say that? If how you do just you possibly wanna, say that? If you just want to understand how inept Archie is for this program, just listen to one of his post game press conferences. Yeah, or the Monday I was night thing with Don. On, yeah, I was listening on um, the radio station after. Oh, and no, they, okay. On who's your country? And nice. <laughs> they were they were talking to him, and one of the questions was, you know, guys in the locker room have to be starting to lose a little bit of confidence right now. You know, how do you how do you get past? That? I certainly how do you, would be okay. And he, and he's like, yeah, of course, they're losing a little bit of confidence. And and he's like, okay, so so how do you get that confidence back? And he's yeah. like, well, we just got to start making some shots, win some games. <laughs> and it's like that's not how you get the confidence. We just got to start making some shots. It's, well, it's I not, just we just got to expect guys to make some gotta, more shots. You got to get a buy in on the game plan. You got to get a buy in on the on your, just the confidence of your ability to go out there and win. You can't come from the win. It has to come from the confidence in your okay. ability to win. Here's the deal: if your guys don't, you know, if you just say you just got to make more shots. Well, if they're not making shots, you have to adjust your scheme exactly. so you get higher percentage shots, right. i.e. layups. And this is the freaking 14th biggest team in the country. Yes. And they never get layups. It's because they just pack it in. So you got to adjust Jeez. the scheme a little bit so they can't <laughs> pack it in. You have, I don't know. I, I don't know. You just got to make know. some adjustments and it just is, I, I would be much happier as if he tried a brand new offense and they looked God awful. So would I. So would I. You just have to try something different than just what you have now. Just give me something else. Something. Because it's something. the same thing the last three years, and it has not worked at all in the Big Ten or in the non-con against a team no. that knows how to play defense against a team like this. Yeah. 
No, exactly. And and everybody, you are exposed in the Big Ten. Absolutely. And everybody knows and that's what you why they melted do. down last year. Because they can't win in the Big Ten. And they that's can, why they're melting the down right now. And that's the thing, right? That I mean, you could beat some non conference teams like Marquette and like Florida State. Because they don't know how they to pack it see, in. They don't know how they, to play. Well, yeah, they don't see film on you every day. They watch, they prep for you for, you know, a few days or maybe a week rather than you know, every Big Ten team that gets to play right. you every year under Archie exactly. and nothing ever freaking changes. So And it's such an elementary offense, too. We've oh talked my. about this. We, the it simplicity is, so is unbelievable. Simple. You don't even have to be watching basketball for too long no. to understand what's going on in this offense and how it works. It's the same thing every single time down the court. Yep. And it is just an offense that a JV or varsity high school team would run. Mm-hmm. I mean... You see the Norwell ladies running an offense that is just as complicated as what Archie runs. Right. Except they okay. All right. We're not <laughs> yeah. No, they do understand how to get yeah. They get shots. Granted, they have some better shooters, but just like in the sectional championship, going on a little tangent here, in the sectional championship went, I think, three for seventeen from the three point line. Yeah. And the same guard made all three of them. Yeah. And outside of that, nothing happened. But they're disciplined on defense and they got layups and they got to the free throw line when it mattered. And they won by one. So, well, let me ask you this, Derek. So, in the offense, how many times do you see a guard on the perimeter looking towards the basket at all? Looking, exactly, looking to to drive and f- just penetrate. It's not there. It's it's never there. It You're never. Exist. They're always looking for the next pass. That's you either be a little exactly. shovel pass to the next. Guy. It's either a shovel pass or it's get it to a big and then just kind of clear out and let them work, which without any bailouts basically because right. you never have another big crash in with him and you never have anybody you can't just sit a guy on the perimeter and hope he can make it with three on the shot clock because he's never going to make it like you can't just give it to Duran let him work with for 12 seconds yeah and then kick it to the corner for an Al Durham three yeah who's going to miss more times than he makes it exactly it's just a horrible freaking offense just yeah I agree with you I think this team you look at guys like Justin Smith and you see the unbelievable potential. I think it's right now. And I know it's tough to make this decision miss, uh, midseason, but I think it is right now time to completely destruct the offense Yes, and just try something else. Absolutely. Even if they're bad. Even if they don't look good doing it. I would be much happier fine. if that's the case. You, you have enough defensive fundamentals to win games. So you have yeah. some wiggle room here because your defense, more often than not, except for on Saturday, gives you the room to make some mistakes on offense. They just make way too many of yeah. them. And, you know, I remember talking about Tom Crean, and we were like, okay, this guy, he's a pretty good like in-practice coach because they were learning stuff, but yeah. he's just a horrible in-game coach. Uh-huh. And with Archie, you get neither of those. He In practice, I literally have no idea what they do because they make zero adjustments no matter what team they play. You know what they, they do, had, Jacob? They, they had an entire I, week. I can tell you what they do. Dude, please. They 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 take shots. Oh, okay. They try that's, to get sh- they try to get shots that's up great. so they can make more shots. Yeah, that's worked well. Which is it? yeah, that's worked <laughs> real well. They had an entire week off to prepare for Purdue. A whole yeah. week of no games, just all practice, all week. And you wonder how many adjustments they made from any of their other games. How <laughs> their game plan was so specific to Purdue that it can, can encompass every single team that they played the entire year because it is <laughs> the exact game plan day in and day out every time. Unbelievable. And it's not even just Archie. I have no clue what any of the assistant coaches do or bring to the team on a daily basis. That's what we always wonder. It's who, <laughs> you know, I, I just know, no idea. No and idea what's going on. that's why I think on. with this new AD coming in, I think there's a very good chance you're going to see the entire staff just ripped out of there. Well, let's see. There's a couple million left on his buyout. Uh, a few million. Well, Mark Cuban was sitting behind the bench wondering what yeah. that buyout was. <laughs> yeah, I saw a right tweet saying. That's great. Yeah. Um, so he's got a few million left on his buyout, which has never been a problem That's for the before. No, I mean remember Tom they, Green's they buyout paid, was much larger. Yeah, and they paid Tom. They paid Bob Knight for almost twenty years yeah. after the the firing. So they have the money to do it. Um, that's never been an issue before. I don't. Do you really think there's that many Archie defenders out there at this I point? Really, I have yet to meet one. Because here's the deal: when it was Tom Crean, I know there were a lot of people that hated Tom Crean. There but were there also were a lot defenders. of holdouts like there me. Were. There, there were. There were a lot, and that we were in the minority, but. I was, you know, I, I was, I was willing to. I thought that he should have been fired when he was fired. For the the problem is everybody, the 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 attitude changed about him, and yeah. you know, when there's that much pressure, you, you do have at some point it. you have, yeah, you do. But I think from a coaching perspective, I think he recruited 
guys that could make shots, which I know that sounds easy, whatever. Well, you recruited lots of NBA talent. I mean, you look, oh, yeah, you've got absolutely. Cody Zeller, you've got Noah Vonley, you've got Victor Yeah, Oladipo. and guess what? And they weren't the best fundamentally sound basketball team. And See, that's the problem. That's, that's that the road we start going down with Indiana basketball fans that have this ideal dream about fundamental basketball and turning it over six times a game, yeah. and that's freaking great. Which is kind of why they brought Archie in, because he promised to be that kind of guy. Yeah, and he's he, sometimes he is. Sometimes they do a good job of taking they're a pretty fundamentally decent team but they don't make any shots and Tom Crean's offense did make shots yeah so I just you know and it's like the same kind of players that he's recruiting the athletic guys that's the other thing I don't think Archie knows well I I think he knows but I don't think he you know he advertises this blue collar kind of deal and then recruits very athletic guys who don't fit in his system at all exactly these are guys that don't fit these are the guys most of these guys are built for like a Tom Crean offense. Absolutely, that he's oh, got in here. This team, except maybe Brunk, but maybe Brunk, but TJ D even would fit under a Tom absolutely, Crean kind of offense because he can run up and down the court. He's athletic. He just can, keep moving. Everything exactly. moves all the time. Devonte obviously fit very well oh, in that. Wow. I think Finnessy could do that because he opens up and he's a guy that can play with a lot of speed and a lot of energy. Rob so, is sneaky fast and he also very. can hit a three when you. I mean, he, exactly. If he exactly. focused on shooting more, he could actually be kind of like a, kind of reminds me a little bit of Yogi, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. He's tough. He's a tough kid. Uh, not quite as athletic, but not he's quite a tough as kid. athletic, but you know, Justin Smith, obviously the oh, wow. NBA caliber talent, you know what that, that's one of the most athletic guys has came through Indiana. And right. he's just the most mismanaged player I've ever seen. I think seen. Jerome Hunter, a guy that's long, yeah. guys that are long fit in that well, system. Jerome Hunter well. has a wingspan that's like seven exactly. foot. Exactly. So. And he's a long guy that can make shots. Yeah. So, I, you know, all these guys fit into Tom Crean's offense way better than they do with Archie. So I just think there's just so many things wrong with Archie's a- approach and it's mindset. Because he still thinks that they can shoot threes. Still yes. to this day. And I, I just... You know, that is a toxic mindset. When you come in and denying things that simply do not happen, you he's now going to have the three worst three-point shooting teams in the history of Indiana yes. basketball. Yes. And he still thinks they can make threes. Like, we just well, got to make more shots. Well, in practice, with no defender in front of us, we're shooting about 70% from yeah, three. No, and, and in games, we just got to make more shots right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean. Freaking horrible. Yeah. It just, I mean, it, there is no explanation for, that. that's just being completely irresponsible. That's negligence of your program if you don't think there's a change that needs to be made. just an alternate reality at that yes. point. Yes, yes. And that is happening all the time, and things have to change. Now, for my opinion on that, I, well, obviously you've heard my opinion on whether he should go. I, yeah. I've, I, ne- you know what? Like we said, I haven't yet to hear an Archie defender amongst the students or public. Oh, Everybody there's we talk to at games, they are so done with Archie. They're so yeah. disgruntled at this Which, point. Just isn't be- this what happened, right? This is the, like, la- it was starting to cook, and then finally, now we're here. We're, and I we're think, a pressure you know bomb ready to I explode. think even if this team makes the tournament, I don't think the opinion from the, the people change at all. I If they make it at a first four or... See, this is the, here's what I'm afraid of, really. Because, well, that just happened again. Yeah. So that's the second time that's happened on the podcast. As, the mic uh, has uh, dismounted from the mount again. Yeah. Here, let me pick that up. So I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> this is going to be kind of rover style here. This is great. I should do stand-up. So uh, here's the deal. Everybody, <laughs> okay, this is getting good. I, You know, I'm too bad we don't have a YouTube channel. We, I know. We, should, we need video on we, this. We do need be. this. So. Okay, now I lost my train of thought. What yeah. was I talking about? I, I don't know. I was talking about Archie, and I was saying the About how opinion. the fan base, the opinion doesn't change if they make the NCAA oh, yeah, tournament. Yeah. Okay, so the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Here's what I'm afraid of. This team squeaks into the NCAA tournament, maybe even wins a game, and I'm telling you, if they get if the, if they play their cards right, if they get an 8 or 9 seed, which is still totally in the question, by the way, because all if, they have to do is win a couple win more. A couple Basically, games. all they have to do is win the rest of their games at home, and they're going to be like an 8 or 9 seed. Yeah. They could lose the rest of them on the road. Yeah, maybe really pick matter. up one on the road. Yeah, but there not you go. lose to Nebraska or Northwestern in the Big Ten tournament. And Ideally, yes, because that'll probably cost them seed line. And you're okay. Yeah, but this team squeaks into the tournament, and then the uh, the management goes, "Oh, we made the tournament. Let's let's just stick but with see, this the for another year." Won't be the same. So that's why I'm yeah. thinking. That yeah, but I don't know. You know what? That's the other thing. This is management that's going to be coming from somewhere. We don't know. Probably at not all. completely familiar with Indiana. This is probably not going to. This is not going to be an Indiana guy. Probably this is not going to be. Some, probably going to be an outside guy. Right. Most likely. So what do you do with that? That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. And then at other programs with other expectations, you're like, yeah, they're, this is fine. We're fine right now. Yeah, I don't know. It all depends on the kind of guy they get, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you... So that's obviously the hard thing to predict is what they're going to do with Archie. Yeah. 
we know that he probably should go. He it's needs time. to go away. There, there has to be other guys. And I think, and I agree with you, I think you just completely destroy the thing. Because that was the other problem is we tried to keep a couple guys around here around the program yeah. and guys that were familiar with stuff and try to keep them around and work it in with Archie, except that hasn't worked either. So you have to completely destroy this thing. You have to completely build this thing from I the ground up. I think fans are know completely what? willing to go through a couple years. I think it might cost them that. I think it might cost them that. And I think and fans I'm all right are okay with that. with that. Yeah. See, this is the deal. This is kind of like the – they're kind of like the Cincinnati Reds where you're, you're just – middling in mediocrity for no reason because you you never never completely tear it down and now they didn't really voluntarily tear it down last time but what happened the last time they tore it down they got a guy in there that could rebuild the thing who they knew that could build this thing from the ground up and then you work from there which i would abdicate i think the best candidate for the job who i wanted hired when art when tom crean was done is dane fife who still may never leave michigan state uh, but Tom Izzo's not that close to being done yet. I think Dame Five honestly could be the next coach at Michigan State. So I think, I think there's a very decent there. Yeah. So hopefully, in I my mean, mind, that would be the dream, right? Get now here's worst here. case scenario again, right? <laughs> you could remember the rumors about Indiana trying to, to hire Steve Alford. Uh, that would be the worst freaking idea ever. So as long as we're talking coaching changes, don't do that. Do Please not do that. do that. And for all you people who think Brad Stevens is a, a, a reasonable option coming from the NBA, you are a clown. Yeah, you're Because you have mind. no idea what you're talking about, and there is zero chance He's that Brad Stevens... Bucks. Exactly. He doesn't have to recruit 12 months a year. Yeah. He doesn't have to work his tail off in the offseason and deal He's with a... He's a glorified babysitter. Exactly. And he doesn't have to deal with a whiny fan base that never stops. Yeah. So why would you come? There's no reason to do that. He's and take not. a significant pay cut, by the way. Exactly. To he's, come back and do this. Coming. There's no way. Um, as nice as that would be. As nice as that would be, uh, there's just no chance for that to happen. So that's uh, unreasonable for you to think that. But what you should be thinking is guys like Dane Fife or guys that played in the program. That's what I that maybe, That's what I actually I want to see a former player yeah. who knows and understands the tradition of Indiana basketball. They know what it takes to yep. be successful. They know how to recruit in the state of Indiana and they know how to relate to guys. Yeah. That is what I want that's, to come in here. That's maybe why Dan Dockage could have been a decent option for this program. And I know he just he couldn't keep his mouth shut. Yeah. If he could keep his mouth shut a little better, that was his issue. then he would be fine. But, but he's never going to do that. He it's never just, does that, and he's having a great time, and he's very successful at what he does now. Yeah. So there's no reason to do that. But I think a guy like that who has been through this program, been around the program for a long time, and knows exactly what goes on here and what the expectations are, because that's the other thing. Um, you know, Archie and Tom Crean, for what it's worth, but Archie, is a he's from Pennsylvania, and then coached at Dayton, like yeah. there's and played at NC State. Yeah. So there's really no connection, and I I know that's that maybe could be dangerous. Bringing a, and we've said that before. Maybe you do need a fresh perspective on things. You um, tried that, though. but I think you've tried, and I think it's not gotten you where you wanted. So, um, yeah, Dane Five is your option. I, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. Um, so hopefully sooner rather than later when Indiana goes Would on a coaching just search steal the next from time. Butler's playbook a little bit because they have Are you Laval Jordan. How about that? have a way to pump them in. Oh, I mean, it's just one after good. another. It's The turnover rate's unbelievable at Butler just because better opportunities, more money. But, man, do they just find coach after coach yeah, after coach. Yeah, guess what? Their last three coaches have been Brad Stevens, yeah. Chris Holtman, and Laval Jordan. <laughs> and they're all really, really good. Unbelievably so, good, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe a guy like that. But then, that, then you're kind of creeping into the same thing, right? You're going down mid-major to Indiana route. Um, well... Where Butler's not really a mid. I mean, Butler's a mid major. Butler is a mid major. They feel like it. They feel like it. They are. They have a lot of success in basketball, but they feel like it. Okay, Okay. and that's fine. If you want to, that's that's fine. But I, I just whatever. I, I think, I think you're still better off suited with, with, um, with Dane Five. But that's fine. Well, I mean, that would be the dream, right? That would be. I I well, and I think there's, and like I said, I, I think there is a reasonable chance of it happening. I think if you write him a blank check, it could. He could come here. Well, I again, the money's never been an issue, so it's yeah. not. It's not like this program's constrained by spending money because that's what they do every freaking time. Well, it's so, one of the few program or one of the few athletic departments in the country that operates in the black. That's correct, and they're going to continue to operate in the black because they. It's just. It's partially a way the way uh, funds are divided here in Indiana. Yeah. In differences, and there's funds that go to the university and it's clown show, but whatever. Yeah. Actually, the athletic department should be making more. Yeah. But that's fine. That's. It's a pretty well-run athletic department from that aspect. So oh, money, it's a, it's money, a terrific. 
run athletic Money department. has never been an issue and never will no, be an issue. Never be, well, and a lot of that's because it's basically 90% of that is because of TV. Absolutely. And where that's grown Absolutely. in the Big Ten Network is the reason that all well, these Big Ten programs Well, and just Indiana brand too, right? I mean, yes. it's a very marketable brand. Yes. It's, yeah. So, but, yeah. So, um, building off of that, I didn't really expect that rant to go on forever, but I think I could probably talk about it for another two hours. Yeah, we definitely beauty could. podcasting. Uh, if you have any questions about Archie or the program or whatever oh, yeah. you'd like to see it, please do tweet us. Yeah, please do, because I'd like to answer those questions. Yeah, we would too. Uh, Iowa and Michigan coming out this week for Indiana. So the road doesn't get any easier. <sighs> yeah, hard this Hawkeyes game. team, I'm telling you, they're only a one-point favorite in this game. If Indiana doesn't... Dangerous. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because if Indiana doesn't get a bunch of stops, which they're not going to, no. Iowa's going to shoot at a decent percentage here. Yeah. So they're going to have to... They're gonna. Indiana's going to have to score a little bit. Possibility, because Iowa's defense kind of sucks. But they gotta if, find a way to shut down Garza. Yeah, have well, to find a way. That's hard to do. Hard. And now you're unbelievably this Iowa team. You're playing without Bohannon. This is a very good team that can just light it up from anywhere. As much yeah. as you may hate Fran McCaffrey, and I certainly do, he's my least favorite coach we in the Big both Ten. Do. Um, that's a guy that knows what he's got. See, there's a question mark, right? This is a guy that knows exactly what he wants to recruit, and he does that. He, he has does. a system in place, and it has flaws just like every system. But he gets guys in there that know what was going on. They, they're they going to shoot it. They're going to shoot it yeah. well. They're an offensive-minded team. Yeah, absolutely. And he gets guys in there, and they're they're always on the outside, just fringe top 25 team every single year. Yeah. So, which is far better success than Indiana's had. So, there you go. So, he knows what he wants in there, whatever. This is a game that could very easily get out of hand for Indiana. They could they lose ha- this by 25. Absolutely. In a heartbeat. They have to get this thing they under They got to control. control the pace of the game. Oh, yeah, you do. And that's the biggest thing. If you start you running with Iowa, it is game over. Yeah. You might as well just pack it in and call it a day. Uh, yeah, If I you can control that. the pace of the game and get them down to half court just even a little bit, I think you have a, a decent chance of having some success. But with the way the defense played against Purdue, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. I think that's going to have to be some some increase or some uh, improvements on the defensive defensive end. No sure. doubt about it. And then you go to the Chrysler Center on Sunday. Oh, that's a tough game, and that is a very tough game. Indiana historically has had very little success in that building. Yeah. Um. Now it's not a, an incredibly tough place to play from a, like a loudness standpoint. It's just it's Michigan's very good at home, and this is a Michigan team that is coming off an emotional week, a big win over Michigan State they on Saturday. They are streaking a little bit here. Yeah, they and, and after life. struggling the first half of the Big Ten, and I think that, you know what, for people that were frustrated with that, I think that's very much to be expected because you have Juwan Howard in here who's never had a head coaching position in college, so there's going to be some growing pains, and I know they had yeah. a couple big wins at the year, early part of the year which don't look as good now because, like North Carolina, doesn't look like a good win at all. No. It's a game they probably should win by more. Um, but, you know, I, I just, this is, you have to excuse some of the time that it took. Absolutely. But Michigan's very much on the verge still of making the tournament. Uh, this oh, is, I think they're solidly in the tournament if the, if the season ended today. I so think if the season ended today, according to the bracket matrix, by the way, which is the best composition of um, all the brackets in the country and compiles them into one single document, 92 brackets this week on the last update, which was yesterday, and Michigan was in as an eight seed, yeah. along with Wisconsin on that seed line for the Big that Ten. That sounds so right. That, that's, and they it, have a chance to move up here. Yeah. For sure. I think that I, I'm, Michigan's a really scary team, in my opinion. I agree with that. I think and they're I think, a really scary team. I, and think, I think they're starting to show it a little bit. Played really well against Michigan State. Yeah. They played and, really well. And once again, not a betting man, but I would almost bet the mortgage. For Michigan to win this game. Oh, absolutely. Because Indiana, In cover. the way things are going right now for Indiana, stay away. Yeah, especially because, on the road. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Indiana, we know that has that's a team that's been pretty bad on the road. Yeah. So there's there's that. Uh, and kind of taking a look at the rest of the Big Ten, I, I mean, there's just really nothing else to talk about with Indiana no. because these are two games where they're not going to be favored and shouldn't be favored and don't deserve to be favored. In my opinion, you got to get one. Yeah, well, well, okay. Well, okay, maybe I'm not done with Indiana. What if they don't get one? They're going to be on a six-game losing streak. They'll be 5-9 and nine in the Big Ten. That's when you start talking about falling out. I said, we said in here, they need, I mean, 10 wins is a good, if they get 10 wins in the Big Ten, they're, they're going to make the tournament. They're a, they're a lock. I think nine wins probably gets them in. Probably. You're, 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 on the, you're getting close. Eight wins, you're solidly on the bubble, and you're probably going to need a couple wins in the Big Ten yeah, tournament. And that, we know how that That's probably not going to happen. Probably so, not going to happen. <laughs> 
Indiana, Indiana playing with its life on the line in the Big Ten tournament. Are you kidding? Yeah. Do you know what the chances are? They're going to lose yeah, every time. They're going to lose every single time. So, um, you got to get one this week. Okay. You have to. All right. Well, that's not I, an easy task at all. Well, I mean, you can't lose six in a row. You just can't do it. Oh, you can. Well, they did it last before. year. They did way more I, I, than that last well, year. Well, how'd that work okay. last year? Yeah. Well, there you go. And oh, that is, is such a scary thought. Indiana could be hosting an NIT game again this year. Oh my. Oh, and I'm gonna have to go. That's oh my. That's worst. That that is that is the worst. Uh, I think the biggest headline of the week: Penn State taking down Michigan State at the Breslin yes. Center. Yes. How about that? That is crazy. Steve Jones, Dick Dick Girardi got a chance to listen to them, the Penn State radio crew, on the way back from uh, Mississippi nice. on Tuesday night. And uh, that was a blast to listen to. And Steve Jones called that the biggest win in Pat Chambers' era for Penn State basketball. And I I would totally agree with that. I mean, that's one of the bigger wins in program history. They have had some upset wins at home. But now you're proving that you are a team that has taken the next step by going to Michigan State, which is historically, you could make an argument, one of the top three, maybe even the top two, Toughest places to win in the Big Ten yeah. in the last 20 years, and Absolutely. you go get the win. Huge win. Just a ginormous win for this team, and because of that, they have catapulted all the way up to 13th in the latest top 25 poll. They were 22nd this week, so they're That's up nine be spots. close to a program record probably, right? Yeah, they, this is a team that, again, has not had a lot of success historically, but uh, having a great year and uh, looking forward to conceding. It's deserved. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, Boy, Pat Chambers could be the coach there for a really long time after this now. Depending on how much they pay him, which that's going to well, get real interesting. we're starting to talk about Coach of the Year a little bit, and Pat Chambers has to be a guy that's going to be thrown around towards the end of the year, right? Yeah, but what he's done no. this year. Yeah, yes, probably. Deservably, deservably so? Yeah, no, it's going to be Brad Underwood. Um, You're right, it will be Brad Underwood. It will, right. and it, it, it should be. But yeah. Pat Chambers, there's just no doubt that you know he should be very, very much uh, you know, awarded for what he's done and this is a, a program that has gone absolutely nowhere in the last you know, 25 years until yeah. Chambers came in and made some changes, and it has been a slow climb. It has and is been. a but you got to remember it's a it's an uphill battle at yeah. Penn State. You don't have the fan support that you have at a lot of the Big Ten universities, even when right. you're bad. Um, so that's uh, that's something to keep an eye on as we go forward throughout the tournament. Ohio State earning a big win over Michigan as well on the road at the Chrysler Center. So it's an up and down week, rivalry yeah. week for Michigan. A tough loss to Ohio State, but then. A huge win against Michigan State. And Michigan yep. State scuffling now. Big time hurting their Big Ten uh, championship chances yeah. uh, of winning the thing. So, yeah. uh, on Wednesday, Purdue dropped Iowa 104-68. to They dropped 19 threes in that game. That's just ridiculous. Now they have their largest three wins in program history margin-wise over top 25 teams, and they're all this year, and they're all at home. That's ridiculous. It, you know, Virginia, Michigan State. Home. And Iowa, they are unstoppable at home. And for Indiana fans wondering how that game's going to go in a couple that weeks, could be that's probably right. That's probably like that. Yeah, it's probably like that. Yeah. So <laughs> drive. set your expectations for about one hundred five to about sixty five. Yeah, that's about it, where I'm at. It is going to be a complete beatdown. And for all these people thinking, oh, it's right where you can throw out the stats, that's fine. You can think that, but I'm telling you, Purdue. Isn't that much better than Indiana? But they're, they know they're about neck and neck. But they know how to beat them, and yeah. they shoot it well at home. So outcoached, uh, absolutely. Minnesota beating Wisconsin seventy to fifty-two, which is a big win for the Gophers in a game that they controlled. Wisconsin is a team that's been kind of up and down as well. These are a couple of teams there at the middle to the bottom of the pack in the Big Ten. Good old little Just Dick Patino, right in the thick of things. Um, but then Wisconsin turn around and gets a big win yesterday over yeah. over Ohio State in a game that they controlled from the tip, seventy to fifty seven. Maryland winning over Illinois that was a huge game with Big Ten title implications mm-hmm. on Friday night, seventy five sixty six win for the Terrapins in a game they were down double digits in the first half, yeah. uh, and that's a that's another tough place to win is Illinois. So for big sure. win for Maryland there. Could have to kind of separate themselves. They now have a game on everybody yeah. in the Big Ten right now. So um, looking good. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then last night, the the uh, nightcap was Rutgers in Northwestern, which did not necessarily have a lot of appeal uh, to the eyes right off the bat. But watching Geo Baker do do what Light he did in that game, holy Moses, 25 off the bench <laughs> for Geo on 10 of 17 shooting. He was just completely unconscious in the second half and in overtime, made some shots. Rutgers was down the entire game. I believe did not take their first lead until overtime last night. And uh, just a huge win for Rutgers to keep themselves on track because that yeah. would have been a 
a horrendous loss. Absolutely. And would have taken away any chance. Unbelievably, we're talking about a team that still has a chance to win the Big Ten. Rutgers could still win the league. Oh, absolutely. There's seven games left. They're only two games back. Um, so Rutgers <laughs> is certainly not out of anything yet. That's crazy to think about. Isn't it? Uh, the... This week, you got a couple of pretty good games on tap. Penn State, Purdue tomorrow night, which should be pretty interesting. That's Tuesday, that is. Uh, Nebraska and Maryland, that's probably nothing. And then Michigan State at Illinois, that's uh, will be a telling game for both the teams that are right near the top of the Big Ten. Wednesday, Rutgers at Ohio State, which I think could be more interesting than most people give it credit for. I don't like the Ken Palm prediction of Ohio State winning 67-61. I think Rutgers is going to win this game. I think so, too. Um and then Michigan Northwestern, which isn't that exciting either. Although Northwestern, as bad as they've been, they've now the only win they have was a five point win over Nebraska um, at home in the Big Ten. Uh, but they've been very, very close the last two games. They, again, controlled the game against uh, Rutgers last night before ultimately losing in overtime and then gave up a three right before the buzzer to be uh, to get beat by Purdue in a yeah. game that they were up 10 points with like three minutes left. So they've been right there. They just are not able to get over the hump, and yeah. they're just not that talented of a team. Then a full slate of five games on Saturday. Northwestern goes to Penn State, so a quick turnaround for them. Purdue at Ohio State, both those games at noon. Then Wisconsin at game. Nebraska, Illinois at Rutgers, Maryland at Michigan State. Those, Some good games in there. Those last two games are really, really exciting. And then Sunday... Iowa is at Minnesota in a decidedly non-exciting game <laughs> to close out the Big Ten yeah. week. Um, so as you kind of take a look at the Big Ten standings, Maryland right now, as we mentioned before, 9-3 and three, all alone at the top. Then it's Penn State and Illinois at 8-4. and four. Then you've got a group at Iowa, Michigan State, and Rutgers at 8-5. and five. Purdue and Wisconsin are 7-6. and six. Minnesota's 6-7. and seven. Then it's Ohio State, Indiana, and Michigan at 5-7. and seven. Nebraska at 2-10. and 10. Northwestern at 1-11. and 11. Um, so, you know, almost the entire conference is within three wins of each other. Uh, so that just speaks to, to how crazy. good the conference has been this year. There's obviously no debate on, you know, who the best and maybe not the best teams in the country. Because I think, once again, unfortunately, I don't think you have any national title winners in here. I really don't. Yeah. These are some good teams that probably could make a run in the tournament. But these none of these teams are dominating. Now we could say that. And uh, you could come in with the mindset that, well, you don't see the national title contender because they have to play really tough teams every single true. night. So it goes through the grinder. Now, it hasn't worked for the Big Ten the last 20 years, which is really disappointing for yeah. a conference that many times has been the best conference in college basketball only to you know allow a Duke or a North Carolina or a Villanova even or like a UConn win it all so that's very telling as the mic breaks again so i gotta get out of here jacob that one (laughs) fell right on me let's do our pick of the week to get out let's do our pick of the week and let's get out of here i've got michigan state of illinois on uh tuesday this game has serious championship uh ramifications for both teams i think that this is a must win for either team if they want to stay in the big 10 championship uh, Mm -hmm. conversation and also michigan state has really struggled on the road this year you've seen Michigan State not really have a whole lot of big wins on the road, especially in the Big Ten. So this is kind of a chance for them to bounce back from the week where they fell out of the top 25 completely and get back on their feet a little bit. Yeah, I like Illinois at Rutgers, and whoever would have thought I would have been saying that. That's That's a great game, though. At the rack? Yes, absolutely. Uh, And that has been... Rutgers has now had the best. They've never won eight games, by the way, in a Big Ten season ever. So that's the first time they've done that. And also their best start to a season at home ever, which they won their 16th home game last night without a loss. Unbelievable. They are 16-0, and I believe alone with Maryland now and the two teams that are left undefeated at home in the conference. So I like Illinois at Rutgers. uh, Unbelievably, title implications potentially. Illinois 8-4, Rutgers 8-5. Absolutely. and both of those programs have just kind of... Illinois wins both these games this week, Yeah, could, if Illinois... Uh, well, let's see. This is their chance. It is. Maryland's got uh, Nebraska, who they're probably going to beat on Tuesday. Then Michigan State, which is you know, tough to win. So... But then Michigan State also has Illinois and Maryland. So a lot yeah, could shift this true. week in the Big Ten. I a think, whole lot You know shift. what, Jacob? I think you're right. I think Illinois probably, if they're able to go to Rutgers and win... 
They, they well, could, and I, again, they got to beat they got to beat Michigan State right. too. But that's at home. If they do that, if things work out right. Illinois they could might, end up the week as they could be alone in first yes. at the end of the week, or at least tied. If they beat so, Michigan State and then Michigan State beats Maryland and they take care of Rutgers, I think that they're they, ten and four. Yeah. so they're right at the top. I mean, unbelievable. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so. So many things to think about, and so many weird things have happened to the Big Ten this year, but that's why we love this league. Absolutely. And that's why we talk about it every single week. And you can make sure you can check us out on any of our available pod- podcast platforms, which you know I think is expanded now. We don't really control it because we work through a third-party member that um, produces our podcast for us. Yep. But uh, they're available on all your major ones, including Apple Music and Spotify. So be sure to click the link on Twitter. Check us out. Uh, go ahead and shoot us any questions you may have. We can address those next week. Absolutely. And if you want to be a guest, also send me a send me a, a DM, and uh, we'll be happy to have you on, we'll on the podcast on sometime. Yeah, so absolutely. on behalf of Jacob Collins, this is Derek Decker saying so long and God bless.